God has invited us to receive and to give love. It's an invitation that we can scarce understand, an invitation of of such grandeur and glory that it's a miracle that we brush by it so often and it doesn't bring us to our knees. But every once in a while, we we catch a glimpse of love, of what love is. It's, it's, It's... in the periphery of our vision sometimes, and it, it startles us. Uh, and it, it, It's like, you know, if you've ever seen something out of the corner of your eye and, and kind of jump, it's, it's kind of like that. Because we're not used to seeing what real love is. Tank, I'm getting feedback up here. I don't know if you can hear it out there. But we are bombarded every day, I think, with the cheap imitation of love. We're drowning in the refuge of what's called love by the world. But, but that word, that, that image of love leaves us empty. Now, I appreciate Kelsey's openness and honesty in sharing part of her life with us this morning. And she's, been, she's like so many who have been brought up with an empty shell of love. But it's a beautiful thing to see how love is bringing healing to her life as well. For love speaks life into people. That's what love does. When Kelsey asked the question to Lupe, why are you dating me? He could have answered in a myriad of ways. But his answer, I believe, came from his understanding of who God is and the love that God has given him. His reply, I see your soul. I see who you are in Christ. We struggle with love, true love. We struggle with understanding what love really is. We yearn to ask, why are you dating me? But we're afraid of the answer. So we wrestle. We don't think at times we're worth love. We don't understand what love means. We we struggle with that concept, that idea. But we should wrestle with it. And I hope that you spend your life wrestling with love. We should hold on to it with all we've got. In fact, the reason I'm a Methodist is because of our high theology and understanding of God's holy love for us. This supreme understanding that God is love. He is holy in his love. A love like nothing else we can imagine. A love that is like an all-consuming fire. A love that overwhelms. God's holy love is something we don't wrestle with enough. But we should hold on to it with everything we've got. But we should also learn to give it away to others. For the world is in desperate need of that love. God wants us to receive that holy love and learn how to give it away as well. And here in the third chapter of John's Gospel... We read these simple but profound words, this summary of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And it's almost become cliche, this this verse, when we say it. 
Many of us have read these words all our life. Many of you have these words memorized. Uh, We have allowed, though, the power of these words sometimes to just sweep past us. Sometimes we need to slow down and receive anew the invitation. God has invited us to receive his holy love and to give it away. And I believe that we have been created It is a part of our DNA to long for this type of love. We have this deep longing inside of our souls for this type of love. And and, and sometimes we don't know what that is and how to fill fill it, and we fill it with the wrong things. But we have been born, we have been created with this longing of holy love because that's who God is and that's who he has created us to be. St. Augustine put it this way, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. John Wesley said it this way. Love is the essence, the spirit, the life of all virtue. It is not only the first and great command, but it is all the commandments in one. In love is found perfection and glory and happiness. The royal law of heaven and earth is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. And again, Wesley states it this way, love is the end, the sole end of every dispensation of God, from the beginning of the world to the consummation of all things. Love, that is who God is. This Bible speaks over and over again of God's love. From Genesis to Revelation, it is the story of God's love for humanity. But so often I miss it. I overlook it. I don't understand it. I don't take it seriously. But God has been gracious to me. He's allowed me to experience his love in ways that I don't deserve. He's allowed me to experience his grace in ways that sometimes I don't understand. And so I want to share three stories with you this morning that demonstrate that that invitation to love. And there are actually three visions that I had. Uh, kind of a, a trinity of, of visions. Uh, now, I am not one that typically has dreams or visions. That's just not how uh, I am typically. But on three different occasions, God has allowed me to pierce the veil of this world and to see into the heavenly, to see the weight of his glory. And I've shared all of these stories with you before at one point or another. So these aren't anything new, but I've never shared all three at once. But I I want us to hopefully catch a glimpse again of this invitation to love. Story number one. I was sitting in the right front pew of the chapel at a Lenten service. As many of you know, uh, Lent is the season before uh, Easter, the four weeks before Easter. Uh, it, it was an evening service, a simple service, really, just a real short, simple service. I didn't expect much from that Lenten service. In fact, I hate to admit it, but the, really the only reason I was there is because I was being paid to be there as a pastor. That's the only reason, and I hate to admit that. I wasn't preaching, but I was helping with the service. And, and a young woman who was in our choir was singing a solo that evening, and she had a beautiful voice, just a, a gorgeous voice, angelic voice, in fact. And as she, she was singing... Uh, All of a sudden, I was transported to heaven. Not physically, but just had that sense, like I said earlier, like like seeing something out of the corner of your eye, and it just shocks you. You know, uh, 
and, and you, you jump. It, it was like that. It was that, that, that sense of being in the presence of heaven. And a longing opened up in my soul like I'd never really experienced before. A longing for heaven. And in that moment, which was unbearably glorious, I thought I'd never be the same. And then it was over, just like that. And overwhelmed by it, I thank God for the experience. And just thinking to myself, and I often reflect on that moment, knowing in my heart that God's promises of the kingdom are not in vain. That God's promises, uh, those longings that we have for something that is so much better, they were placed in us for a reason because God has given us, even now, that joy of heaven, that experience. It's not in vain. Story number two. I told you before uh, that one of the worst jobs, the worst job I've ever had, was a bus driver for the Jesmond County School District in Jesmond County, uh, Kentucky. Uh, My route was 30 minutes out of town to a trailer park. It was a a, terrible place. It wasn't a safe place. In fact, my windows were shot out in my bus twice. Uh, And now, don't take offense to what I'm about to say, please. But I need you to understand the people who lived there. They were white trash. They were broken, poor, abused, addicted, drunk, abandoned, ignorant. It was a sad, depressing place that I would drive to every day. And it... And it really wouldn't be until uh, years later that uh, God would truly uh, reveal to me uh, in a vision that still uh, overwhelms me. In fact, I was, I was drive- we were living in Plano at the time, and I was driving uh, somewhere, I don't even know. And I pulled up beside a school bus. And in the school bus, the kids are in there, and we're at a red light, and I'm looking up at the kids, and they're being kids. You know, They're just hanging out, talking and being loud, I'm sure. And, and then I'm reflecting back on my experience as a school bus driver in Kentucky and remembering my route uh, and thinking about those kids. And one kid in particular, his name was Timmy. He had the ability to drive you completely crazy. In fact, there were many times I literally had to stop the bus to deal with him. He was one of those kids that I thought, if he makes it past 18 and he's not dead or in prison, it'll be a miracle. Some of you teachers, you've had those kids before, haven't you? You know those kids, yeah. Uh, and, and then as I'm sitting there thinking about that, all of a sudden God speaks to my mind and he says this, do you want to know how much I love Timmy? And then before I could even say yes, God poured out his holy love on, on me like a torrent. It was overwhelming. Again, it was, it was in an instant, and it was so shocking and so overwhelming. It felt like I was a balloon being blown up until I would burst. I couldn't handle it. I said, stop. It was that overwhelming, and I just thought, oh, Lord, forgive me. I called him trash. I didn't think he had value. I didn't think he was going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He has no life, no purpose. But God said, I love him with that much love. 
I love him with that much love. That's how much I love the world. It, it, it was unbelievable the amount of love that God poured out in that moment. Story number three. We were uh, <laughs> shopping for my daughter's Easter dress. And it, my son was still an infant and he was in the stroller, so I was in charge of my son while my wife and my uh, mom, they're hunting Easter dresses for my daughter. So I'm in the little girl section of Dillard's strolling around with my son, trying to keep him occupied, just wandering around. And, and I see a, a shirt that has some writing on it, a T-shirt, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's kind of inappropriate for a little girl's section of, of Dillard's. And, and as I'm thinking about that T-shirt and thinking about the state of the world we, we live in and reflecting on the fact that the world is going to hell in a handbasket, uh, again, I hear God ask me a question. Do you want to know the fate of the world? And again, before I have the chance to answer, a, a vision of such despair and brokenness and dread came upon me. In fact, I have an actual image still in my head. Uh, it was of a dark place with hundreds of people just packed together like sardines with their, their hands up in agony and despair, just reaching out, ho hoping for someone to rescue them from their plight. It was like people who had just like come out of a coal mine. They were dark and, and had soot all over them, head to toe. It was oppressive. And again, it was, it was so overwhelming, sadness and despair. It almost brought me to my knees in the middle of the Dillard's girl section and it took all my strength not to just burst out in tears and again I said enough oh God three different visions the glory of heaven the glory of God's holy love and the depravity and brokenness of this world the world is broken broken by our sin the world is reaching out for relief and for anything. And too often, all the world pours back into it is the cheap imitation. And so many times we settle for the cheap imitation. All the world has to offer us is brokenness and despair. God invites us to a world of love in the midst of the brokenness and disparity. God invites us to something beyond our wildest dreams. When the world offers us broken families and abuse and rape, cheap and harmful imitations, imitation, God offers life and healing and peace. God offers holy love. That's what I want us to, to remember, to catch a, just a glimpse of this morning. I hope you can catch that glimpse. In fact, I want us to look again at this scripture, for God has offered us the greatest. And, and I love how Edwin Hortle says it, that God offers us the very best. He says, for God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number, that he gave the greatest act, his only son, the greatest gift, so that everyone, the greatest invitation, who believes the greatest simplicity in him, the greatest person, may not perish the greatest escape, but the greatest difference have the greatest certainty, eternal life, the greatest destiny. Advent is an invitation to love. 
a reminder that God loved us first. In spite of our propensity to seek love in other places, and in spite of our brokenness, in spite of the ways that we create chaos and despair, God is offering us love. God didn't give up on us. In fact, Advent reminds us again that God came to earth as a child, born in Bethlehem, lived and died, and was raised again to save us from ourselves, to save us and invite us to love. Let us pray.